our loving Father in heaven, thank you for making us to see another day. We are grateful to you, Lord, for making us to be a part of the living and for giving us the privilege to glorify your name through our lives. Father, we also thank you for making our lives comfortable and beautiful. Thank you for good health. Thank you for the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. We want you to bless us this morning as we go through your word. Please grant us of your spirit and impress these truths in our hearts. Give us grace, Lord, to also live according to what we learn and put put your words in our mouth that we may speak words of life to those who will listen that they will also be blessed. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our high calling, January 25. The Bible, a light for my way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. Most wondrous book bright candle of the lord star of eternity the only light by which the bark of man can navigate the sea of life and gain the coast of bliss securely why should not this book this precious treasure be exalted and esteemed as a valued friend this is our chart across the stormy sea of life It is our guidebook showing us the way to eternal mansions and the character we must have to inhabit them. There is no book, the perusal of which will so elevate and strengthen the mind as the study of the Bible. Here, the intellect will find themes of the most elevated character to call out its powers. There is nothing that will so endow with vigor all our faculties as bringing them in contact with the stupendous truths of revelation. The effort to grasp and measure these great thoughts expands the mind. We may dig down deep into the mine of truth and gather precious treasures with which to enrich the soul. Here, we may learn the true way to live and the safe way to die. Our familiar acquaintance with the scriptures sharpens the discerning powers and fortifies the soul against the attacks of Satan. The Bible is the sword of the spirit, which will never fail to vanquish the adversary. It is the only true guide in all matters of faith and practice. The reason why Satan has so great control over the minds and hearts of men is that they have not made the word of God the man of their counsel, and all their ways have not been tried by the true test. The Bible will show us what course we must pursue to become heirs of glory. 
As the heart is opened to the entrance of the word, light from the throne of God will shine into the soul. That word, cherished in the heart, will yield to the student a treasure of knowledge that is priceless. Its ennobling principles will stamp the character with honesty and truthfulness, temperance and integrity. Amen. The title of today's devotion is The Bible, A Light for My Way. So, God would have us today to understand how He leads us and to understand what is the most important tool that we have that can make our life meaningful and help us to achieve the destiny that God has prepared for us. In the book of Psalms 138 verse 2, God, speaking about his word, says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast, wo- hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So here we read that the word of God, he exalts it and magnifies it above his name. The name of God is what he is. But God would have us understand that his word, his word is magnified above his name. The word of God, which is what the Bible contains. That's why we're talking of the Bible. Because it's a, the word Bible is a book that contains the word of God. And God would have us understand that his word is what is most important for us today. And we will understand what his word can do for us. In the book of James, reading from sorry, Hebrews chapter 4, reading from verse 12, we read there that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. A lot, a lot can be said about the word of God. But suffice to say that the word of God is powerful. Psalms 33, reading from verse 6, says that it was by the word of God that the hosts of the heavens were made, and all of them by the breath of his mouth. In verse 9, it says, He spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. In Psalms 148, reading from verse 1 down to verse 5, we read there that even angels were created the sun, the moon, the stars, they were all created by the word of God. As powerful as these angels are, as powerful as the sun is, and even here we see in James, um, Hebrews 4 verse 12 that the word of God is powerful indeed. So, 
that is why today we are looking at the bible a light for my pathway because it is what guides us what we read here says why should not this book this precious treasure be exalted and esteemed as a valued friend to those who understand the treasure of the word of god it is a most precious book for those who do not understand they see it as a boring book but the truth is that the word of god is what makes our life meaningful there we find subject matter for making life itself to have direction when you read the book of ecclesiastes for example you see there the dilemma of the world how solomon as wise as he was which many are not as wise to think the way he was thinking he could understand the futility of chasing after the things of this world he could see carefully how it makes no sense to be rich and he in some places said that he hated his life because he saw that his riches could not make his life meaningful when he saw that the poor man will die just like the rich man will die and he saw himself as being equal with the, the poor man he said the the, the the wise man has no advantage over the one who is foolish because they both will die and then at the end in ecclesiastes 12 reading from verse 13 solomon through the word of god find, found meaning in life because as far as he could see these things in his wisdom he understood that life was meaningless why what is the point in coming to this world only for you to die anything that has an end why is there why is there any need for the beginning of it there's no point in enjoying anything because when you come to the end of it all the memory of everything you enjoyed will go away so solomon through the word of god finally found meaning in life and that's why we read here that in the bible we may learn the true way to live and the safe way to die and he said in ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 let us hear the conclusion of the matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man for god shall bring every work into judgment whether it be good or whether it be evil and of course every secret thing there he understood finally that there is meaning in life he found a safe way to die and he found a true way to live the true way to live he found is to keep god's commandments because he found that if he lives by keeping god's commandments he can safely die because god is going to have a judgment and those who die in him keeping his commandments will be resurrected and will live eternally with god but where did he find this rest how did solomon find rest if you read the book of exodus you can find you see that solomon had no rest because he kept on trying this and trying that trying to find meaning in life but could not get it the only way he could find meaning in life was in keeping the commandments of god because now he saw that life is not useless if he was going to die it was useless but then he understood finally there's a way to live and a safe way to die and in understanding that he lived according to that principle and he will get his reward the bible is what gives us direction like it says here using the illustration of a, 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 a ship it says this the bible is our chart across the stormy sea of life it is our guidebook showing us the way to eternal mansions and the character we must have to inhabit them so that is what the bible does for us we just come into life as children babies not knowing anything at all but then as we grow 
if we get acquainted with the word of God, which is getting acquainted with God himself, we start to get direction on how our life should go. We start to get guidance showing us the way to eternal life. And then it also tells us the character that we must have to inhabit them. But not only telling us, it gives us power to also have that character. Remember what we read in Hebrews 4 verse 12? The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Another thing that the word of God does is that it expands the mind and makes us more intelligent. Here we read there is nothing that will endow that will so endow with vigor all our faculties as bringing them in contact with the stupendous truths of revelation. Now, how does this happen? It says the effort, when we make efforts to grasp and measure these great thoughts, it expands the mind. So when we try to understand what the Bible is saying, the prophecies, the instructions, the proverbs, the psalms, try to think about the plan of redemption and understand the deep thoughts that is found in the love of God displayed in the cross. All these things, when we make efforts, just the making of the effort to understand it and measure it, it expands the mind and ennobles us. That is how the Bible makes us more intelligent. Another thing that the Bible does, like we read in Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. Here we read a familiar acquaintance with the scriptures sharpens the discerning powers. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the man. Through the word of God, you can be able to discern evil from good. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, reading from verse 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, it keeps on giving us the advantages of the word of God. In Proverbs 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, tells us how when you receive the word of God, which is wisdom, it will give you discernment to know the man that is evil and to know the one that is good. It tells us that it will, it will keep us from the forward man and the forward woman, those who would lead us astray, that when we receive wisdom, which is the word of God, these are the advantages it gives to us. You are not going to be led astray. You are not going to be simple-minded. It makes you sophisticated. It makes you excellent in your thinking so that you can be able to identify or discern temptation from afar and resist it with strength. Going on, it says, The Bible sharpens the discerning powers and fortifies the soul against the attacks of Satan. The Bible is the sword of the Spirit which will never fail to vanquish the adversary. It is the only true guide in all matters of faith and practice. And then makes us understand that the only reason why Satan has great control over our minds is because we have not made the word of God the man of our counsel. If we make the word of God the man of our counsel, we will find in it instructions that will give us victory over Satan. We will find in it instructions that will help us to discern the serpent-like movement of the devil, his devices, and give us grace to avoid them and not to be trapped by them. That is how the Bible is a discerner of the thoughts. It exposes the devil. It exposes evil men. It exposes the agents of Satan. And when we make the Bible our friend, we take the Bible as our instructor, as our counselor. He, the Bible, 
will be able to help us identify evil and good and also give us power to resist and power to perform that which is good. So much can be said about the advantages of the word of God, the Bible. So much can be said about it. But suffice to say, what we have I've just said now, the Bible, receiving it into your life, it's life you're actually receiving. How do we receive it? Theoretically, it will not help us if we just know what it says. Unless we put into practice the instructions contained in the word of God. Unless we put into practice all its precepts, statutes, judgments, then we cannot be uh, partakers of its blessings. If we must partake of the blessings in the word of God, we must be willing to bring into reality the word that is written because the written word there has no benefit in us. It's just a written word. That's not how it has power. How the Bible has power, how the word of God has power is when we let it to come into us, when we let it to direct us, when we allow it to counsel us and give us guidance that is how we experience the power of the word of god so i implore us today allow the word of god to be your director because that is the way the holy spirit directs you or even jesus that's why jesus said in john 6 verse 63 the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life in the book of isaiah 55 reading from verse 10 downward it talks about how god compares the 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 rain and the snow that comes from heaven and touches the ground it says as it comes down and it makes sure that the earth will bring forth and bud and gives bread to the eater and seeds to the sower then he says so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void but it shall accomplish that which i please and shall prosper in the thing whereto i sent it god's word cannot go out of his mouth without its power and accomplishing what he has said if god says something his word is powerful enough to bring that thing to pass god doesn't need to use his hands to do anything by his word alone he does everything he does by the word of god we are the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast psalms chapter 33 from verse 6 and verse 9 and for overcoming sin we are told psalm 119 verse 9 wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto unto thy word and verse 11 thy word have i hid in my heart that i may not sin against thee receive the word of god but it's because it is through this word that jesus was able to live that's why he quoted man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of god matthew chapter 4 verse 4 jesus was quoting from deuteronomy chapter 8 i think from verse 2 or so where it was said exactly the same thing man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of lord do you live by every word jesus our master said that we should live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of god because that is the way to have life to live by the word of god because it has power to show us the way to live the safe way to die to discern the, the movements of the devil to expand our intellect and our faculties and to finally lead us into eternal life may we receive the word and get the blessings contained in it is my prayer in jesus name amen
in this life we can all build by different maxims and instructions or by different schools of thought whether it's Aristotle or Socrates or by the fashions of the day or the movies of the day or the words of wise men in the religious or academic circles we can build by these things we have the choice to do what we want but God this morning is trying to bring us to the most important the wisest counselor the word of God that we may build and our building will stand the storms of life everyone is building as you can see in life people are making plans and raising structures training their children engaging in marriage engaging in business engaging in relationships all these things are buildings we are making and those buildings are guided by principles principles from the so-called avenues i have just mentioned now they could have been guided by tradition by custom by reason by experience but god is counseling us this morning build by my word let the word of god be the man of your counsel let the word of god be what is guiding the decision that you are making and that's where god wants us he doesn't want our house or our plants whatever we have raised in this life to be destroyed at the end of the day because it was laid on the false foundation the story jesus tells in the book of matthew 7 i want to read that story some of us are familiar with it matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them i will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock 25 the rain descended the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock 26 and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it this is jesus's analysis and he tells us everyone is building and did you notice also that the floods the rain and the storm be fall on these buildings there are trials to both the righteous and the unrighteous trials difficulties of life but only those who follow god's word can withstand it and survive it and come out of it stronger but those who follow the counsels of men or of society ignoring the wisdom from the word of god yeah they are they are achievements will not stand the relationship that has been built against the word of god that has been built ignoring the principles from god's word will not stand it will shatter it could possibly lead to a divorce 
the children that have been raised by worldly standards will be useless at the end of the day. They may prosper for the meantime, for instance, for because this story tells us that both men built their houses. He stood. People saw it and said, wow, this, these houses are beautiful. Yes. So the children raised by principles that are not in line with God's word may for the meantime look like they have prospered. But if difficulties of life come and the tempest blow, they may not, they will not withstand the pressure. So that today God is counseling us. If we have been building on the wrong foundation, He wants us to turn around and use the Word of God to stand, to build, to direct our course of action. I know that temptations, like the reading says again, the reading says that the reason why Satan has so great control over the minds and hearts of men is that they have not made the word of God the man of their counsel. And all their ways have not been tried by the true test. The Bible will show us what course we must pursue to become heirs of glory. So God is trying to give us the better way out. Let's not be fascinated by the world's great men per se and their wisdom that end only here and in things that are temporal. Let us be fascinated by God's word, the word that even, like my brother said, had created the, the space we are inhabiting and live by it. It doesn't make sense to go to a country and ignore the laws of that country and expect to still survive there. The world we live in has been framed by the word of God. The earth, the sea, the firmament, the rain, the food we eat, all we are created by God's word. We are, in, we, are, we are being sustained by the word of God. It makes no sense to go against the principles of life which God himself has given us. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work, works. Rather. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Some people don't like the word doctrine, but the Bible counsels us that, that doctrine, there's something called doctrine. Rule, uh, guides or teachings about a particular thing. What does the Bible say about the state of the dead? There's a, that's a doctrine. And the Bible is profitable for that. What does the Bible say about dressing? That's doctrine. And the Bible is profitable for this. As opposed to there's something the world says about the state of the dead and also dressing. You can get it on the movies, you can get it on the street, you can get it at your workplace, you can get it in the community. The world has their own mood, what they counsel for. The world does. But the Bible is profitable for this, so we can go safely to the Bible. There's a temptation that the more we climb in the ladder of life, the more we tend to despise the scripture of the Bible and think it is old-fashioned 
and it's for those who are getting old and who have nothing to do with their life. But God is warning us or encouraging us this morning. Let the word of God be your man of counsel. The word of God has a teaching or doctrine on how what to eat. The restaurants, the chefs, they have their own counsel. The science community may also have their own counsel. But the word of God tells us what to eat. As it as it is, Genesis 1 verse 29. God has a counsel for every facet of our life. It will do us well. The world has a counsel or a, a doctrine on how to relate with one another. The unforgiving spirit is gendered. The mind that does not easily let go. Tooth for tat revenge. But the word of God has his own counsel. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for them. If your enemy hungers, give him food. Give him water to drink. God has his own doctrine and it will make for peace. It will make for long life. It will make for for growth. I remember the story of um, Jerusalem when Jesus was living. In Matthew 24 when his disciples asked him the signs of the end of time. And of the destruction of Jerusalem, he told them. Then he told his disciples, when you see Jerusalem compassed by an army, when you see them compassed, Jerusalem compassed, know that the abomination that causes desolation is nigh. Then he that is on the mountain, let him flee. Let him not come back. He who is on the rooftop should not come back to take his clothes. Let him flee. In the book Great Controversy by Ellen White, chapter 1, we are told that the Christians who received these signs who understood whom Jesus was speaking to was speaking to at that time when they saw the Roman soldiers in AD 66 coming to surround Jerusalem as Jesus had predicted when they saw the given sign they fled to Pella and there they started their life AD 66 they built there they started their own life planted and left Jerusalem AD 66 to AD 70, the Jews who did not believe in Jesus were still building in Jerusalem and raising their families, giving into marriage. They did not follow the counsel of Jesus. Of course, they did not believe Jesus. And today, you and I are also faced with the same challenge. Are we going to believe Jesus, what he's saying about the end of the time? Or are we going to believe the popular um, story, even the false Christ? And the story says that when the Roman soldiers came in AD 66, the Jews came against them and fought them. Temporarily they won. The Romans retreated. Offended that how is it that the, the I, will, I will use the word barbarians, they would call the Jews the barbarians, how could they intimidate them? The Romans went and regrouped and came back in AD 69 with a fiercer army with Titus leading and surrounded and and attacked Jerusalem in such a way that the, the history book says that the blood blood flowed from 
Jerusalem, the temple, down on the streets. That's AD 70. And the history book, which I just quoted in our great controversy, said that not one Christian perished in that siege. Not one Christian, because they heeded the counsel of Jesus. Flee, do not return. Flee to the mountains. Don't come back to take anything. That's the prophecy of the Bible, also being a man of counsel. I have talked about the temporal things in life, but now I'm talking about prophecy. Is there a prophecy for our time? Yes. The book of Revelation and the book of Daniel gives us a, a, a prophecy about the end of time and what we are to face and how we should pattern our lives based on prophecy so that we don't build wrongly or follow the counsels which follow impressions or ideas which men give so that we can be safe at last. It was the prophecies that the disciples followed to know that Jesus himself was the Messiah. God wants us to have confidence in his word. And we, put all, we have to put all the effort we can to understand it. Jesus himself has promised us that the spirit of truth will guide us. So we are not left by ourselves as we engage into this study. But with a heart that is willing to obey, God can guide us. So let's not be fooled by the different schools of thought and philosophies and uh, academic pub uh, publications that are contradictory to the word of God. Where there is a contradiction, let the word of God be a man of our counsel. And we'll be safe at last. For the world in those who live in the world, this the, the end of their life is here. They have no bigger picture. They have no bigger end. All they live for is here. Jesus said it in the book of Matthew. That all that the Gentiles seek is what to eat, what to drink, what to wear. That's all that they live for. But the, your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. I'm even speaking to students who may be in school. All you may be struggling is to read your academic books, your book in chemistry, engineering, sciences and arts. You may, as the schools have resumed, you may be struggling to do all that alone. But understand that that's all the Gentiles do. Only for the present moment. They live for the present moment alone. This is where their whole world ends. But Jesus says in the same Matthew 6, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Then other things will be added to you. So let the principles of God guide us as we live every day. Let it be the, the chief thing which we are considering. So at the end, whatever we have built, whatever we have achieved, according to the principles of God's word, we stand. And our character will reflect the character of God because we do not build by another standard. We do not build by Aristotle's counsel. We do not build by Socrates' counsel, nor Tells, nor um, the, the, the Marxist. We didn't build by their counsel. We built by the word of God. And though our character be tried and tested, it will stand because it was built on a rock. May God help us to this end. Amen. Most wondrous book, bright candle of the Lord, star of eternity. And the question is asked from the reading, why should not this book, this precious treasure, be exalted and esteemed as a valued friend? Why? In Psalms 119 verse 9, the question also 
was asked, Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Now, for parents, there is a strict warning here because children these days have no desire. They have no love for the word of God. They cannot, nobody is teaching them. But there was an instruction given to the parents in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. He said, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Now parents interest their children with all kinds of topics, but not on the word of God. As a preparation for teaching his precepts, God commands that they be hidden in the hearts of the parents. In order to interest our children in the Bible, we ourselves must be interested in it. Now I'll read from Education, page 127 and lift him up April 7. They say, With the word of God in his hands, every human being, wherever his lot in life may be cast, may have such companionship as he should choose. In its pages he may hold converse with the noblest and best of the human race, and may listen to the voice of the Eternal as he speaks with men, as he studies and meditates upon the themes into which the angels desire to look. He may have their companionship. He may follow the steps of the heavenly teacher and listen to his words as when he thought on mountain and plain and sea. He may dwell in this world in the atmosphere of heaven, imparting to earth's sorrowing and tempted ones thoughts of hope and longing for holiness, himself coming closer and still closer into fellowship with the unseen like him of old who walked with God, drawing nearer and nearer the threshold of the eternal world, talking about Enoch now, until the portal shall open and he shall enter there, he will find himself no stranger. The voices that will greet him are the voices of the holy ones, who unseen were on the earth his companions. Voices that here he learned to distinguish and to love. He who through the word of God has lived in fellowship with heaven will find himself at home in heaven's companionship. There is nothing more calculated to strengthen the intellect than a study of the Bible. No other book is so potent to elevate the thoughts, to give vigor to the faculties, as the broad ennobling truths of the Bible. If God's words were studied as it should be, man will have a breadth of mind and nobility of character that is rarely seen in these times. So here he's telling us that it's not just reading the Bible like a newspaper. You come to the Bible, prayer, you should not be studied without prayer. And the same spirit that inspired the, the author will inspire the reader. No knowledge is so firm so consistent, so far-reaching as that obtained from a study of the Word of God. If there were not another book in this wide world 
the word of God lived out through the graces of Christ will make men perfect in this world with a character fitted for the future immortal life. Those who study the word, taking it in faith as truth and receiving it into the character will be complete in him who is all in all. Thank God for the possibilities set before humanity. The time devoted to a study of God's word and prayer will bring a hundredfold in return. The word of God is the living seed. Now we spend time doing so many things, but it's like studying the word of God is a waste of time. But here we've been told that it will bring a hundredfold in return. So studying the word of God is, a, is key into becoming like Christ in order to be fit in order for it to be understood savingly the Holy Spirit must move on the heart of the searcher the same spirit that inspired the word must inspire the reader of the word then will be heard the voice of heaven thy word O God is truth will be the language of the soul the mere reading of the word will not accomplish the result design of heaven it must be studied and cherished in the heart. The knowledge of God is not gained without mental effort. We should diligently study the Bible, asking God for the aid of the Holy Spirit, that we may understand His Word. We should take one verse and concentrate the mind on the task of ascertaining the thoughts which God has put in that verse for us. We should dwell on the thought till it becomes our own and we know what said the Lord now Jesus was speaking and said the word I speak unto you their spirits and their life the word of God is living friends and only as we meditate on them we dwell upon them trying to wrestle to find out all that the word contains for us then we shall gain the victory over sin Amen In Isaiah 46, from verse 10, it says, Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. I recall a nursery rhyme <coughs> that says, Kesserasum. Whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours to see. Kesserasera. And I think that is false according to the word of God because the Lord has told us his children what will be the end from the very beginning if only we will follow the counsel of the Lord we will be like the children of Issachar as written in 1st Chronicles chapter in 1st Chronicles 12 it says and of the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do so, God has already given his children what told us what will be in the future. If you read the book of Daniel chapter 2, it gives us a brief history of things that happened from that time, even to the end of the world. And then in Revelation 12, it expounds more. Revelation 14, Revelation 13, Revelation 17, it expounds more on the things that we are expecting to happen in this end of time. But what's more fascinating about the Word of God is that 
he declares that the righteousness of God will stand. In, in um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, from verse 26, I think, he tells us that God will create in us a clean heart, a new heart, a new spirit. He will create his, he will recreate his righteousness in us so that we will live a righteous life. In first second Timothy 3.16, it says towards the end that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God will bring about his perfection in our lives. That we will be perfect and furnished unto all good works. For me, it's quite interesting, it's quite exciting because as I look at not just my own life, even people around me, I see frailties, I see weaknesses. But the word of God, which stands sure, which has never failed, is promising that we will be perfect. And indeed, we can take him by his word. I'm expecting to do that even as we take the counsel that he has given us in in 2 Corinthians I think 3.18. It says that by beholding we become changed. As we take time each day to meditate on the word of God, to reason, to think about it, and then ask for help to live by it, we will become changed into the very same image of Christ. We will have the mind of Christ as it's written, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. We will be like him and so he will lead us to eternity to dwell with him forever and ever. I pray that this will be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, as the Bible would say, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you are in school, study to the glory of God. If you are in the exam hall, write. Do not cheat to the glory of God. If you are in the workplace, work diligently. Do not take or give bribe to the glory of God. Whatever you do, if you have people who have offended you, forgive them to the glory of God. Whatever you do, wherever you find yourself, let our words, our actions, what you eat, where you, what you dress, what you say, let it all be guided by the principles of God's word. God's glory is his character, and that's what it means. We do things according to the character or the principles of God, so that at the end of the day, we really will make it to the kingdom of God. God help us. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for revealing to us the wisdom of your word. Thank you for helping us to see that indeed your word is the best counsel. We only want to pray this morning that you please help us to have an appetite for your word. Please, in our busy schedule, in our different spheres of life, for those who are listening, for us who are speaking, help us to make our time to eat and feed upon your word. That it will really transform us and that we may reap this benefit which you already have in store with us, for us. As we go out today, Lord, help us that your Holy Spirit will prompt us by the things which we hear from your word. Please guide us and strengthen us to our end according to your name. Thank you, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.